First Peter chapter 1. You've already heard more than 99.9% of all Christians will hear in this nation today. Yes, you have. That's already up to this point, you've heard more than most all Christians will hear that's of God today in this nation. And you will see why if you have eyes to see, if you have a spirit-taught heart, you will be taught today. If the fear of the Lord abides in your heart, then today your God will show you His covenant. He will make it known unto you. Those who come to these cross-preaching churches and leave are refusing they're refusing God. Those because they don't go here? No, because they're refusing what He is saying. You will see that today. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7 is where we'll begin today. I have a few scriptures I want to run through. Thank you for the extra time. I do preach always about two things. I preach about Jesus. And I preach about an hour. Can you handle an hour? I hadn't started my hour yet. That was an intro. Verse 7 of 1 Peter chapter 1. That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire. Anybody find themselves in that fire? couple of you. The rest of you, well, it's coming. Might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Verse 8. Whom having not seen, you love. In whom? Everybody say, in whom? In whom, points us to Calvary. In whom, though now you see Him not, yet believing, where? In Him. You rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Verse 9. Receiving the end of your faith. See, your faith has an end. Receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. You see, this morning as we sit here, we are not those that have chosen to go back. We've chosen to go forward to the saving of the soul. Amen. That's why you're here this morning. Because you're hungry for what God is offering. Let's have a word of prayer and ask the Lord's blessing upon this today. Father, we thank you for your presence this morning. We thank you for your presence and your power. We thank you for what you will do during this time of worship as your word is declared. We thank you for all the hunger and thirst that abides in the hearts of this your people in this place today and even those who will hear this message later. We thank you, Lord, for revealing the truth of the gospel to our hearts. We thank you for the call of Calvary to Palestine, Texas and the surrounding regions. We thank You for the call of Calvary to this nation. And though mostly rejected, we thank You, Lord, for showing it to us that we might be found walking with You in the light and the truth of the Gospel. We ask You to have Your way today to take these words that we will hear and apply them to our hearts so that our feet will be found walking in the truth. We praise you for the impartation today that you will provide for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. So the trial of our faith is what's on trial. It's our faith. It's always on trial. And what does that mean? It really only means one thing. Well, I keep it. Keeping the faith doesn't mean that I know I have it. Keeping it means I'm exercising it. 
And we know that because Peter wrote that we're kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. And our mission at all times as Christians is to present our bodies a living sacrifice unto God. Romans chapter 12, if you will, this morning. I'll try not to stay very long in one place until we get to where the Lord is actually going to take us today. I won't share anything with you new. More than likely today you've been hearing all of this. But as Peter wrote, it's good that we always remember these things. Always remember these things. In Romans chapter 12, verse 1, the Bible says, I beseech you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy. The experience of holiness in our lives is not there unless we're presenting our bodies living sacrifices. Amen. I want to say that again. Amen. What appears to be holy, what's called holy by men, is not holy unless it is scripturally holy. And we know through the years we've learned that holiness cannot be experienced by us unless first righteousness is being experienced by us. Holiness has only one avenue and that's righteousness. And righteousness only has one avenue and that's my faith in the death of Jesus. Not any other thing. My faith in the death of Jesus made me righteous, made me a servant of righteousness, and made me a conduit for the holiness of God to flow through me so that men could see God. Because no men can see God where there's nobody following after peace and holiness. Where there is no holiness, God cannot be seen. Church stuff can be seen. Preachers can be seen. Nice dress can be seen. All kind of things can be seen. But we're not here to show off to the world anything other than our faithful God. Amen. And He can't be seen unless we're experiencing holiness. That's the Bible. That's Hebrews 12 and 14, by the way, if you're taking notes. And holiness is not an experience. Unless we are presenting our bodies a living sacrifice. That means we're alive, but we're sacrificially living. Most of the Pentecostal church today does not understand, has never even heard that the reason you have resurrection power and life is so that you can live the crucified life. Yes. Yes, you can't deny yourself without resurrection power. Let me say it again. You were given resurrection life and power when you believed in the sacrifice of Christ so that you could live a sacrificial life. The crucified life. Jesus was our example. His entire mission. We want to focus on the miracles and the healings and the thousands being fed by a couple of handfuls of fish and bread. And praise God, we need to know He did all of that as He represented His Father to us and us to Him. But you need to know the only way we know Him is through His death at Calvary. And there we were united with Him. There alone. there alone. And there alone can our faith be. And that's what the trial of your faith is always going to be. It, are you still trusting in the death of Jesus? When the bad news comes, the diagnosis comes, she's ugly to me. They did that and I cannot believe they did that to me. They have broken my heart. They have hurt me. They have abused me. That is the point of impact right there to see if you're going to trust in what your Savior did for you. Are you going to trust in yourself? Are you going to respond and it not be the response of Christ? Amen. 
If it's going to be the response of Christ, it's, He cannot respond to those situations in our lives unless our heart is yielded to the cross. The cross is what prevents our flesh from responding and allows our response to be the response of Christ. I'm tired of my response. My response to ugly just makes a boat that's already sinking sink faster. I'm tired of my response. I need the response of my Savior. I need the expression of my Savior. We want to claim we're trusted in Christ who said, forgive them, Father. They don't know what they're doing. And then when somebody slaps me on the face, I'm not turning the other cheek. I'm gearing up to pop them. And that's because I don't think they deserve to be able to do that. Have you been treated ugly by somebody? And the church said, Amen! Yes, Amen. We've all been done wrong. We've all been hurt. Sure. Jesus took it all to Calvary. So your life here as a Christian is moment by moment. Because God's trying you every moment. If you haven't heard that preached here in this pulpit, it's in Job 7, 18 if you're taking notes. Your God tries you every moment moment. There's never a moment when your faithful God is not trying you. We like quoting the verse, well, he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Yeah, I got that. But what's he doing while he's here? Amen. Yes, sir. That's just the Bible verse. I need to know, well, if he's never leaving and he'll never forsake me, well, what's he doing? Well, he's trying me to see if I'll keep the faith and let him keep expressing who he is. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! If I keep responding and with the excuses, the devil puts us on a puppet string and makes us say these things that are factual statements, but they're not the truth that can make me free. Well, nobody's perfect, brother. I already know that, but I'm following somebody who is. And if he's being allowed to respond through me, that's the manifestation of his perfection showing up in me. It's not me that's living, it's him. Hallelujah. Praise God. Yes. So I wanted to go here first this morning because you're called to a sacrificial life. You received resurrection power to be able to live the crucified life. Because this life is not about you. Line up the box of tissues for me. I can't believe this life is not about me. Right. You know that three-headed monster of me, myself, and I? Just gets his feelings hurt all the time. Guy told me not long ago, he said, I... I've just disappointed myself again. I said, that's because you still trusted in yourself. Hey, come on now. Yes, Self sir. can't do nothing but disappoint. Yes, sir. What do you mean you're disappointed in yourself again? That's all self can do is disappoint. Deny that disappointing thing. Take up the cross and follow Jesus. Glory, glory. We live yes. our whole lives talking about I just keep disappointing. I'm disappointed in myself. Well, what is self still hanging around for? Take the cross up. Well, it ain't easy, brother. It's as easy as you getting saved. That's right. It's as easy as you getting saved because it's simply you believing that the word is right, the cross is the answer, and you don't have another one. Amen. Let's move on this morning. We got some hungry folks here this morning. It's good to preach to hungry hearts. Hallelujah. Mm. Let's look at Romans 6 and 13 this morning. Romans 6 and 13. Now we're just passing through this stuff very quickly to get to where we're going. We're not there yet, but this is 
These are signs along the way of our travel this morning. You know, like when we're coming to Palestine, it's like 25 miles. Okay, now it's 15 miles. You keep reading. Well, that's what we're doing right now. We're reading the signs on the way to what God is going to put on the table for you this morning as the main entree. Romans 6 and 13, quickly, neither yield. Everybody say yield. Wait a minute. Everybody say yield. yield. Everybody say I love, I love Jesus. Jesus. Now let's try it with everybody. I love, I love Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. Don't you love him? This ain't nothing but kids. This Sunday school, hallelujah. That's what I tell our folks at home. We just a bunch of kids. We God's kids. We're not trying to be professional. We who we are in Christ Jesus. Glory be to God. We just a bunch of kids. We we make the mistake of when we're kids. We just get back there and do it all. Like, glory be to God. We just so happy. And the older we get, the more we do it. Come on now. No, we still the children of God. Yes, and if the fire of God's burning in your heart, yes, that yes. stuff ain't going by the wayside. It's becoming more and more and more. Our lives are becoming more lives of worship and praise. Yes. Amen. We're not trying to be professionals, man. That ain't nothing but a bunch of religious stuff. Come on now. Man, I live out in the country, sit on the back porch, just thanking God for the birds I can hear chirping. Boy, it sounds plain and simple, but that's what I am. That's who I am. Hallelujah. Man, I ain't trying to impress nobody because it didn't ever work. <laughs> so God shows up and says, give them, I'll impress them. You just preach me. Neither yield ye your members as instruments. Everybody say weapons. Because that's what the word means. Yes. Neither yield ye your members as instruments, weapons of unrighteousness unto the sin nature any longer, but yield moment by moment yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead. And your members now as instruments, weapons of righteousness unto God. Your instruments, your members, your body now. You have members, you have weapons of righteousness. Your, this flesh used to hold us in captivity by the sin nature and its dominion. But now through the truth of the cross, we can use these same members as weapons of righteousness instead of unrighteousness. We can praise God and worship God in the thick of the most ugly situations that are going on. It doesn't matter if you've been diagnosed and told you got three days. You can say, well, you know, I'll miss my family. And I, that ain't really true. I ain't going to miss nobody. Y'all going to miss me. I'm not missing nobody when I leave. Somebody tells you you got three days to live, tell them, no, I'm living forever. I got three days till I see Jesus. Woo! I'm not writing a book or anything, but I believe he's coming in about three weeks. Y'all ready? I believe this year might be that Feast of Trumpet celebration that we hear that trump before that one note of that trump blast. We're going to be there looking at the one who's blowing it. Hallelujah. I believe this probably be the this might be the year. Hallelujah! I believe it might be. I'm, I'm not writing a book. I'm not declaring it, but I'm telling you, it's very likely. You know, we are at that place. We're right there, brother. At the end of this two thousand year period. Yes, sir. I mean, Israel wandered in the desert for 40 years, literal 40 years, and now they've wandered in a desert for 40 jubilee years, and we're at the very end of that when God is about to pull the curtain on this age as we know it and turn His full attention to the Jewish people again. You better get ready. We're leaving here. I said, you better get ready. We're leaving here. We're leaving here. We're leaving here. It's at the, it, we are at the door. That one who came forth first as a bridegroom bursting out of a chamber to come and run this race for us. Hallelujah. That's what Psalms 19 tells us. 
Every morning when you see the sun rising, you're not supposed to just think how beautiful that is. That picture of that sun rising is a revelation of the Son of God, the Son of Righteousness coming with healing in His wings. And Psalms 19 says that rising of the sun is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber as a strong man to run a race. And he came and he ran that race and he won that race and that's why we're running that race today. Hey, hallelujah. hallelujah. Whoa, he came and he's coming again. Yes, he is. Let me read this again one more time before we move on. Neither yield ye your members as instruments, weapons, any longer of unrighteousness unto the sin nature. But yield yourselves now unto God. How? As those who are alive from the dead. And now your members as instruments, weapons of righteousness unto God. This is where we get the truth about our one defense is our righteousness. Amen. And it's written many times in the book of Psalms. Amen. Y'all okay this morning? So we're to present our bodies every moment. Not on, just on Sunday morning. Not just every once in a while. Every moment. Of your life, you are to be presenting your body a living sacrifice unto God, which is holy and acceptable unto Him. And it's the only place holiness is found. It's not found in what you wear, some kind of self-induced torture. Holiness is Jesus. And we have holiness because Jesus dwells in us by His Spirit. Yes, yes. So we're looking for holiness. And it will not happen in your life based on what you do. But based on what you're believing. And if your believing is right, then your experience will be that of Jesus. And if your experience is that of Jesus, your expression will be that of Jesus. Okay, now let's move on. Here comes the meat. Here comes the entree. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 11. I'm sure you've been hearing this, but you're going to hear it this morning and the Lord's going to put it in your heart. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 11. The Bible says, for we which live, everybody say, that's me. If you're a Christian, you are alive in Christ Jesus. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake. How often do we need the cross? There's never a moment in your life you don't need the cross. Let me say this morning that many do not understand this, but that's no excuse. Nobody in hell ever understood it either. For 18 years now, this month, I've been preaching this message from Genesis to Revelation. I don't believe there's one topic that I have not covered that I'm aware of in the Bible. All the doctrines, all the things we could talk about, marriage, faith, repentance, forget anything in the Bible. I believe we've covered probably every topic in the Bible. What, pre what, what the church has a problem with today is how the Holy Spirit has to tie everything to Calvary. Church don't like that. Why? Because the cross removes you. And I don't like to be removed. Self is your worst nightmare. And the cross is God's only answer for it. You can shout at self. You can talk to self. You can say you'll never do that again. You, 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 you listen, you can't run self away. But you can deny self if you take your cross up. The only way to stop saying, I can't believe I keep doing that. I can't believe. Live your whole life. I can't believe I keep doing that. 
is to take your cross up. I'm not preaching sinless perfection, but I got a Bible right here that tells me while I'm walking in the Spirit, I won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Peter said, while I'm making, while I'm making my calling and election sure, I'll never stumble. How often do I not want to stumble? How often do I not want to fulfill the lust of the flesh? Every moment. Every moment. And God is trying me every moment to see if I'll just keep believing in what He provided. To keep me from stumbling. To keep my flesh from rising up and getting the best. For we which live, that's you, as a Christian, are always delivered unto death. But why? For Jesus' sake. What does that mean? So, <coughs> so that what He did at Calvary won't be in vain for you. The power of the cross is God's wisdom to us. God's grace to us. The only avenue of discernment that we have is by looking to and through the cross. Amen. You can't discern nothing spiritually if you're not looking through Calvary. Amen. Nothing. How do I know? Because the Bible here says God's always delivering you under the death of Jesus. There's never a moment He's not delivering you under the death of Jesus. Watch. And it's for Jesus' sake. It doesn't say it's for your sake, but it's for Jesus' sake. So that when the Holy Spirit delivers us into the death of Jesus, and He has to because it's the only place my faith will work. That's right. It's the only place your faith will work. Yes, sir. We've pinned up scriptures on the refrigerator far too long, quoting them and declaring them and demanding God move because we were. Right. God knows what words you need. You don't. Amen. God knows what words you need. You don't. Amen. He gave you the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, to guide you into all truth. And only He knows what truth you need moment by moment. We don't get to pick out our favorite Bible verses and demand God move on, on behalf of, of, of us decreeing and declaring this. I like what Pastor Preston Nasal from Sydney, Ohio recently said. He said, while they're all out there decreeing this and declaring all that, God is still declaring His righteousness. That's all He's declaring. He's not declaring anything else. Nothing. And He declares it from heaven through the cross. So watch now, for we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake. So that what He did there could be seen through us. And, and the verse goes on to tell that is the very revelation of this. So that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in my mortal flesh. If I'm not literally, deliberately, consciously, I know what I'm doing, I know what I'm yielding to, the death of Jesus, Christ cannot be manifest through this flesh. That's right. It's not going to happen, honey, because you're being nice to somebody. Lost people are nice to somebody. That's right. Lost people who go to hell are nice. What we need is the manifestation of the life of our Savior. And that only comes out of faith in His death. God's not delivering you to anything but the death of His Son. Amen. And it's for His Son's sake. Amen. It's for His Son's sake. Amen. Woo! Oh. Yes. Hallelujah. That's true. It's for Jesus' sake. Oh. When you wake up in the morning, it's Calvary in full view. Yes, it is. When you go to bed at night, it's Calvary's Christ in full view. On the job all day, every day, it's thank you for the blood. And when old sister bucket mouth over there begins her stuff, then you're like, well, thank you for the power. Hallelujah. Come on. Thank you for the power. 
when they come and talk bad about you because you're going to that old cross preaching church and they think, all they got all they think all there is is the cross and that is all there is in God's mind if he's going to be able to teach you anything Men can teach men, but God teaches all that He teaches through the place He delivers you unto. That's right. That's why these folks, they don't want to hear this message. They get away from it. As I was saying earlier, all these years we've used all of the Bible and the Holy Spirit in all of the Bible has revealed a crucified Christ in all of the Bible. Hallelujah. All of it. That's right. And the reason they don't want to hear it is because... They have to lose who they are in this world. Mm. This is a powerful Bible verse right here. This verse has come to my life, my own personal life and my ministry over the last several months. The Lord has begun to just use this scripture to bring us to the, 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 the place of reality. Am I really in all this for the right reason? Do I even know what I am in? Do I really know how Christianity really works? Do I really know what I'm supposed to be looking at? Am I supposed to just imagine Jesus walking around healing people? You weren't there. That has no effect on you now. The cross is your touch on Jesus Christ. The woman with the issue of blood, what does that have to do with you? And I know what you're thinking. Well, if he did it for her, he'll do it for me. And that's true. But he ain't here for you to touch the hem of his garment. Tell this now. Your only touch on the master is your faith in his death. You don't have another touch. How do I know that? Confirm that, preacher. Because the Holy Spirit's not delivering you to anything always anything other than that what He wants you to touch with a yielded heart. Which is the death of Jesus. Because only when you are behold, this is, I wanted to really preach this, but the Lord said, no, this is it. We'll get this sometime later. You can't be becoming like Him unless you are beholding what He did for you in Calvary. That's it. Yes, sir. You can stand around in your worship services, church, for 40, 50, 100 years talking about, thank you for taking me from glory to glory. Oh, thank you for taking me from glory to glory. Nobody's going from glory to glory unless they're beholding that glorious lamb that was slain. Hallelujah. That's what your Bible says. We go from glory to glory as we behold that image that we're being changed into. That image will Philippians 3.10 says is the death of Jesus. Nobody's going from glory to glory unless they're accepting the place the Holy Spirit is delivering them to. And that's the death of Jesus. And the beautiful thing about 2 Corinthians 3.18 is that you can behold what your God is doing in you as in a mirror. As in a mirror. As in a mirror, you can watch God change your life if you're beholding what it takes to change you. Think about it. Think about it. If you're looking at anything else, you can't be changed into its image. You're telling it right. And the church is confused about it. Well, preacher, what am I being conformed into? Meaning the death of Jesus. You're not being made conformable to the resurrection of Christ. That's right. You're being made conformable to the death of Jesus. Philippians 3.10. But what does that mean? Because surely we're not being conformed into a bloody, gory mess hanging on a tree. No, let me tell you what God saw at Calvary, and that's what you need to see. I started praying months ago, Lord, I, I, I see Calvary, but I need to see it the way you did. Uh, come on, Pastor. I see, I see Calvary, but I need to see what you saw. I'm missing something. My Lord, yes. And he began to show me what he saw at Calvary. Yes, he will. Peter wrote what God saw at Calvary. Peter wrote about what God saw at Calvary. While he was being reviled, he reviled not back. While he was being threatened, he threatened not back. 
in his perfect humility and his perfect obedience, Peter said he was committing himself to the one who judges righteously. The one who judges righteously. Did you get it? That's what God saw, a perfect humility, a perfect obedience in a man that was trusting with all of his heart in the righteousness of God. God's righteousness led our Savior to die. And the path of righteousness for you and me is the path of the crucified life. For we which live are always, always, always. We don't like it, but it still don't change it. We're always delivered unto the death of Jesus. We are learning to like it. But our flesh hates it because our flesh can't be its own fleshly self if we're accepting this place we're being delivered to. And this is a truth that will also confirm that God doesn't deliver outside of the cross. Amen. He won't deliver you from anything outside of faith in the cross. Hmm. Y'all made a note of that Bible verse, I hope. Let's stay in this book and move over a few chapters to chapter 13. Verse 4. Now this Bible verse, Pastor Clint, several months ago really just kind of shook me. Because it's not what I've been taught all my life. It's quite the opposite. I always thought I was strong in Christ. I always thought... I was strong in Christ. That's where I find my strength. And it is to a degree. But look at what your Bibles say here. Now, don't forget about what we've already read. Because this Bible verse, righteously divided, will enhance your view of what you've already heard. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 says, For though He was crucified through weakness, stop right there. Why did Christ have to be crucified through weakness? Because God's grace is only given to the weak. And God's grace is His strength made perfect in our weakness. Jesus was tasting death by the grace of God for all men. Through weakness, Jesus was crucified, your Bible says, yet He lives by the power of God. But now this part of this verse really got me. For we also are weak in Him. I read that and I thought, well, I have not been taught right. I thought I was strong in Christ. But the Bible will tell you that nowhere. The Bible will tell you that nowhere. What it will tell you is to be strong that's in the grace that's in Christ. You're weak in Him. You're weak in Christ. Why? Because you're trusting through your own weakness in what He did through His weakness so that He could taste death by the grace of God and you can taste of that same death every moment of your life. Because that is what you're being delivered to by your God every moment of your life. The death of Jesus. If you want to express Christ and not just where you go to church and not just who your preacher is or not who just your favorite radio or TV preacher is, if you want to express Christ, you've got to accept the reality that you're being delivered to the cross every moment of your life. In the moments, because see, I don't do it very well. I have more moments that I'm not expressing Him than, that, than I am. Y'all ain't got to get up telling on yourself that I have to. I don't find myself every moment accepting personally 
for the application and experience the reality of the cross in my life. I know I don't because I say stuff and I do stuff. It's not the expression of what happened for me in Calvary. Is there any honest people in here today? Most of you got halos floating above your head. <laughs> I'm kidding. None of us have halos. Watch this now. For we also are weak in Him, but we shall live with Him, but we shall live with Him by the power of God toward you. See, that proves this is not about something that's coming once we get to heaven. This is about living by the power of God toward you, each other. And we do that when we realize I'm weak, I am weak, but he is strong. Oh, yes, yes. I am weak, but he is strong. Yes. And my God is never, ever not delivering me to the place where my Jesus died for me and I died with him. That was pretty quick, wasn't it? Used to. My, my God is never delivering. Never, ever. He's never. He, he can't even teach me the word. He can't teach me the word. That's right. You're telling him. Unless I accept where he's delivering me. Yes, sir. This is us who are alive. It's not talking about lost people getting saved. Us who are alive. You do know you can be alive in Christ but not living. In the Spirit and not walking in the Spirit. Everything is a potential even for us. Based on what we're doing moment by moment with the sacrifice of Christ. Moment by moment. Is Christianity really that radical? It's beyond what we can imagine. And our flesh will fight us with all of its efforts and strengths to choose not to offend people or to follow the money or to follow family or to fo whatever it is. Our flesh will always opt out of the crossway. Opting out of the crossway leads me only to one other way, and that's the my way. And so I believe the Lord is saying to us today, us who know the message of the cross, us who've been hearing it for years, He will only enhance your vision of the Lamb if you continue to believe in the Lamb. Trust in the Lamb. Not just sing about the A lot of people sing about the Lamb. Trusting from the heart yielded to the death of Jesus because it's for His sake. So that we don't just claim a Jesus but nobody sees Him. And the power that allows Him to be seen only flows out of that which we're being delivered unto moment by moment. Now, we don't always get it right, do we? We don't always get it right. But there is always the right way there to be gotten. We're not confused about the way of victory. We're not any longer confused about this measure of faith that we have. We're not confused anymore. Where there's confusion, there will always be contradiction. That's right. That Where there's confusion, there can only be double-mindedness. And the double-minded man is not living by faith because he can't expect to receive anything of the Lord. And faith can. Amen. We're not confused as we once were. And let me say it before I close today. The only reason people do not flock to places like this and messages like this is because their flesh controls their lives. They're dominated by the sin nature. 
even in all of the religious rituals. They look good. They sound good. It all has an appearance of being a way that seems right, but the end of their way is death if it's not the cross way. And you and I have been given over the last several years some of the most wonderful truths in God's Word that we've only read across and we've never walked in a place before a few years ago that these truths could literally, what we call, jump off the pages and be engrafted into our heart. Some say, well, you, you just talk about the cross too much. It's all you do is preach the cross. What about all the other stuff that's out there? It's off limits to you if you're not accepting your place of deliverance under Calvary. That's right. That is Those are phrases said by men that refuse to moment by moment accept what their Lord is delivering them unto. You see, all the things written in the Bible do not distract us from the cross as most preachers use them. And we're back again to who is really the ministers of righteousness and who are God's ministers? Well, it's those that use all of God's word to enhance the view of the Lamb. Because that's your view or you're blind. Amen. That's what Peter said right there. That's your view or you're blind. Yes, sir. Yes. And God is raising up men and women, boys and girls. He's not calling us out of everything he's called us out of to send us back into it. We're not going back into that mess we come out of. I get around it, it makes me sick. I won't be around it. I won't listen to it. They'll be pointing me to Calvary using God's word or they won't be speaking into these ears. Again, as I made the statement last night, and I want to leave you with this, it's kind of a negative note, but hopefully you'll go home thinking about it. Jesus said the scriptures testified of him. But then he said, Israel killed the prophets. Israel killed the prophets for testifying of him. The testimony you have of Jesus today is that you were lost and the Holy Spirit came through a grandmother, a friend, whoever, and the Holy Spirit through that individual preached the truth of the gospel to you because the Holy Spirit was attempting to deliver you unto the death of Jesus for the very first time. You accepted that truth. You yielded to that in your heart. You believed with your heart unto righteousness. You were born again. But the view has not changed. Don't let preachers change your view. The view has not changed. Don't let a grandmother change your view. The view has never changed in heaven. And here on earth, if God is involved, there's only one view. And it's the view of the slain lamb. Amen? Amen. Everybody say, I love, I love Jesus. Jesus. I'm going to close now. I'm going to close and I'm going to pray. And I'm going to pray that the Lord will have been able to pierce through the hazy and the dark places that try to surround our hearts and keep us from receiving the truths in His Word that are not hidden from us, but they're hidden there for us. Amen. The hungry heart, the Spirit-taught heart, He will be able to reveal His covenant. He's not revealing anything else. It's His covenant because within His covenant is everything. Amen? Yes, would you stand with me this morning, please? Father, we thank You again this morning for the wonderful words of life, light, and liberty. The Word of God that surely is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path, showing us that path of righteousness. Lord, we thank You that You've told us Your Word is forever settled in heaven. 
may it be forever settled in our hearts that your words written on paper, spoken by you through men, are all the testimony of your Son and what he would do for us and to us and become to us on Calvary's tree. I thank you this morning for this truth that we've heard that will challenge us to cause us to make sure we are walking in the view that you're putting before us at all times. I thank you this morning, as Pastor Clint said, for a house where people can come into without there being any leaven, nothing but the lamb, nothing but the spirit of faith that we have. And I thank you so much for the impartation of the spiritual gifts that you've imparted this morning so that our faith might be mutual. And for every step that we all take for the rest of our lives would be in the place where we're found of one mind, one spirit, speaking the same thing, striving together only for the faith of the gospel. We give you all the praise this morning for your presence and your power, the words of truth, and the impartation by your Holy Spirit. As we gather around this altar this morning, I thank you, Lord, for your healing and your delivering power. Not just healing in natural things going on in our bodies, but restoration to the path of righteousness, to the place of being determined to know absolutely nothing but Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Lord, we ask you to forgive us for staggering when we do and looking unto men that use great swelling words at times to simply attempt to lure us back under the dominion of things that are not the truth of the gospel. As we gather around this altar this morning, I thank you for your miracle work and power, your healing hands to touch and to cast out every infirmity that's here and to give us the strength that we need and the wisdom to see that which you're showing us every moment and to walk in it. I thank you for removing that spirit of fear this morning as your people see that perfect love that you provided on the tree of Calvary. I thank you for deliverance this morning from a spirit of fear. I thank you this morning that the spirit of fear cannot stand in its, in its boasting place in the hearts of your people. But fear must be cast out because of that perfect love. And I thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Gather around this altar. Let's worship this morning.